You really, really wanna touch my body? You really, really wanna turn me out? Trash is trash. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for premiere episode of Vicariously Westworld. This is season one, episode one, entitled The Original. It's been a long time, man. It's been a long time coming. I have been wanting Mimi and Shy to watch this show. Mimi tried to get into it a few months ago, maybe about a year ago, and she did not get very far. She needed me to hold her hand and guide her through this wonderful journey, and she needed a passenger as well. And now we have all the ingredients to get this shit done. It'll be exciting too because I never podcasted Westworld on a recap basis. For the most part, I usually touch points in the favorite parts of the episode and it usually involved one particular character. Sometimes other things, but... Yeah, I didn't actually do a scene by scene type of ordeal. So that's exciting for me. It's been a while since I've watched the first season of Westworld. I know it's just an outstanding original. (laughs) Get it? Get it? Original type of arc and storytelling. It's just one of my favorite shows of all time. I really enjoy it. Even with its critiques, it's still one of the most beautifully written and complex and introspective TV shows that have been put out there. And you can't take that away from the show, no matter how that is seen in hindsight over time with the audience. But that is a conversation for another time. There is a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and jump into the recap. Oh, by the way, I will not be spoiling anything. I probably won't even have a spoiler section about much. This show is one of the few that pays everything off, so I will pretty much be not addressing or speaking of certain things until they they happen and I may reference anything that I want to at the time but I will just be organically watching the show and going through my notes and just pointing out a few things here and there and then I will wrap it up with the feedback and if I am asked anything or there's something that's too close to anything that may be uh too spoilery or i feel as if i don't want to touch much on that subject i'll just say curious very very curious now this show was inspired by the 1973 westworld movie i did not watch it i still have not watched it and i see no purpose in watching it to enjoy this but if you are someone that is interested in that they do have that out there on i believe it's still on hbo this show though was created by the married couple of jonathan nolan and lisa joy who wrote the teleplay along with michael crichton who you know from a lot of things 
I love Jurassic Park and Congo. Mr. Homoka, stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame cake. Directed by Jonathan Nolan. I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. I really enjoyed how they set up the world. It starts at the intro and the music is quite a work of art in this show. Ramin Juwadi, he be doing the damn thing. Just a gem of a composer. We start the episode with the words, bring her back online. Naked, a woman by the name of Dolores is told to lose the accent and if she wants to wake from this horrible dream she says yes because she is terrified and a fly that is more invasive on a human form than a fly should ever be was rather some good table dressing to the fact that you are about to be made uncomfortable and a little grossed out Dolores is told that she can wake if she answers some questions correctly and is asked about what she thinks of the world she says some people choose to see the ugliness in this world the disarray but I choose to see the beauty we flash back to Dolores waking in her home she greets her daddy and considers going out to paint and i think that's very apropos considering she likes to see the world in all its beauty she is asked about the guests who she refers to as the newcomers where we then flash to a train pulling into town where we meet one teddy who is on the train with two other men who are discussing the last time one of them were there where he says last time i was a white hat with my family then i came alone the second trip to go full evil which to him were the best two weeks of his life fucking crazy man you sound insane do you realize that you should be medicated i love the use of the player piano it's very very subtly done but it begins the loop as it will of the day and how things are unfolding and they're all puppets right this is the soundtrack to their daily lives that are are manifested and are a part of a story instead of being real people some kids try to put a scorpion on a sleeping old man trying to catch a drunken nap and i don't understand why y'all gotta be such rude little shits when teddy walks past the sheriff he tries to entice him to hunt down the outlaw hector escaton and his gang in the hills before teddy declines or after teddy declines he goes into the saloon and gets a whiskey Clementine comes over to offer her affections and he says no offense but I'd rather pay for a lady's affections and Maeve replies you're always paying for it sweetheart our prices are fixed and posted on the door but the truth is his affections are elsewhere as he spots his sweetheart Dolores in town 
running her errands and the two reunite and ride over some pretty landscape and we find out that she is a rancher's daughter and he wonders how the other cattle why how they are following and she points out the judas steer and i'm like the judas steer like that's the one that leads them to slaughter (laughs) the one that's chosen to lead them to slaughter that's not great when they ride back at night and notice that the cattle are still unpinned they know that something is afoot teddy rides to investigate and it's simon from the walking dead i'm not sure what other people know him from i think someone said grand theft auto at the time i don't play that i play that one time when my brother had it on (laughs) this had to be at least 10 years ago and i was like this seems to be a lot of street violence so i really don't need to play this in my my, uh, spare time i grew up with it enough he is upset uh dear old dad because he has nothing but milk to drink and shoots him he did go out like i'm not no punk and then he tells his comrade walter that just because the mom is dead she's still warm so he can still get to molest her gross you nasty teddy comes in like a hero and saves the day even though the parents are dead and dolores rides up to mourn her daddy but before she can cry too much another man ed harris who i will refer to as the man in black interrupts greeting Dolores with a pimp smack and some trash talking about her deceased father he remarks he's been coming here for 30 years before being told to step off by Teddy and I did laugh when he said oh Teddy (laughs) like you are the bane of my entire existence and he then becomes the focus of his roasting equating him to a trained pony then offering him the first shot in a very cruel taunt as the voiceover explains that the newcomers can come to this world and do anything they want to the people that live there while the people who live there can't do anything to them so teddy takes a lot of shots that do absolutely nothing and gets laughed at before grabbing dolores or before the man in black grabs dolores and then he gets his honor back and drags his <laughs> his uh his balls off the floor and tries to shoot once again and then is murdered in return while he the man in black that is boasts that it is damn good to be back before dragging dolores into the barn for an involuntary occasion He's climbing in your windows. He's snatching your people up, trying to rape them. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Then, surprise, surprise, the next day, everything is reset. We then pull back the curtain to show the orchestrators of this immense world where everything, and I do mean everything from cattle to people, their behaviors, their movements are constructed by the people that work here 
We meet two of those folks named Bernard and Elsie. Bernard is head of behavior. Elsie seems to work under him. They are marveling at Clementine's new gesture, part of a code called the Reveries that Ford, the quintessential creator of the park, slipped into the host last night without telling anyone. The reveries are tied to specific memories. And she says, how the hell can they do that? We purge the memories each day. However, they are still there to be overwritten, kind of like PC data. He equates this to a subconscious. The guests aren't the only people to fall in love with the tiniest things regarding the host that Bernard remarks upon as Elsie herself takes that opportunity to kiss Clementine. Bernard gets an alert from Teresa that one of his creatures is restless in sub-level 83 and sends a tactical team headed by Stubbs, head of security, and has also seen the movie Terminator because he is very gung-ho to shoot a bitch if they take one step out of line. We learn the park hasn't had a critical failure in over 30 years. Stubb keeps treating Bernard like he's an unwelcome tagalog as they get down to the basement. And he tells Stubbs to chillax when he tries to put his pistol on the boss saying, are you going to shoot him? It's Ford down there drinking with one of his creations. And they are toasting to the girl with the white shoes. I'm not sure if I got that right, but I always wanted to know who was the girl in the white shoes, but it's Sir Anthony Hopkins, y'all. Hannibal Lecter himself. In Code Storage, we also learned that the hosts that are decommissioned are kept here. Old Bill is the second host that Ford ever built, and when he had to put himself to rest or back to sleep or whatever the case he said and he put himself in that body bag that was some disturbing ass shit bernard tells him it's remarkable how far his work has come from where it began and ford says yeah that's a word for it which means there are many many others and i wonder what he would include in that list next day there are some small changes to the loops that these hosts find themselves on We learn daddy was a lawman when he is talking to Dolores and he loves his daughter very much. Teddy gets off the train and a couple of newcomers take up the sheriff's, uh, a couple that are newcomers, I should say, take up the sheriff's offer behind him. And Teddy himself is deterred from his narrative of going to Dolores by some other returning guests. Dolores has her can picked up by the man in black who tells her she's sweet but he has other plans tonight he then goes into the brothel and begins to play some poker the couple who decided to go on the search for hector eschaton their trip up the mountain goes awry when the sheriff begins to malfunction Lee Sizemore, head of narration, Teresa and Bernard are assessing the problem. 
Lee is very clearly a narcissistic asshole who isn't pleased that 10% of his storylines will be disrupted following such a large host pool that Teresa has demanded due to this new update causing such problems. Teresa also calls Bernard Bernie and I started laughing because he's such a horrible person but when he starts talking about his stories and he gets on the thing and he's like we have an immersive uh thing that we have to set up with all these storylines uh relentless fucking experience (laughs) Teresa she is dealing with this clown's tantrum and is greeted by Bernard analyzing the facial expression she makes when she is angry and trying to control it her face cut glass in that room what the hell's going on i mean what the hell is going on bernard did not give a fuck he literally went up to her face and was like assessing it from every angle and he's like can i record you she says no bernard you cannot record me (laughs) he doesn't care that he's pissing her off because he wants her to continue making that expression in the next scene you get the full scale of the type of guests that parade the park and the abuse these hosts are prone to as teddy their guide of a group of men who only want to have sex and then do stuff further out because he mentions the further away from the town things get more demented say that teddy will be used for a guide but when he's done with his purpose he can be used for target practice on the flip side though you have a family who stumbles upon dolores whose narrative would lead her to painting and the father mentions crossing the river is too adult for the kid jacob dolores helps him pet a horse and he tells her you're not real (laughs) so it does have a kid friendly zone that could be a rewarding world immersion it's just too bad that it sounds like this place is pricey because you hear one of the guests talking about it when teddy stopped stepped off the train that it better be nice for how much we're paying for it while ranching peter abernathy finds a photo of a woman in what looks to be modern new york city and it causes a great deal of pondering from the man even when dolores gets home before dark and he wonders where this place is and shows the photo to Dolores who replies doesn't look like anything to me Lee approaches the none too impressed with his small talk Teresa to apologize for being aggressive but to put forth stopping the updates altogether as the host continue to be more lifelike it's rather creepy and suggests even rolling them back as it would be more strategic and saving money for the company to do so as well as bench the old man ford because the change of guard is long overdue she's letting him talk and thinks that he's smart enough that he knows there's a bigger picture but too dumb with his depraved fantasies and horrible butchering of vernacular to know what management's interest in the place actually is nice try though and i thoroughly enjoyed the emasculated feeling on his face in the piano the brothel is playing black hole sun as Maeve grabs a bottle and heads to bed 
Kissy is called a corn husker. And I Googled that and I never knew where Westworld was supposed to be the location. It's actually Western Nebraska. The, that's a native term of that area. So learn something. And then he gets searched. But after he apparently passes, because all he did was take his shit out and then throw it on the table and then he picked it back up. He goes outside, runs into the man in black and gets his throat slit. And you're just like, why is this guy so mean? <laughs> what is his problem? Why is he doing the things that he is doing? I don't get it. But we get a little hint later on. Bernard has a picture of a kid as he fixes the sheriff. But he had stated to Stubbs earlier that he didn't have children when Stubbs asked him if he did. So a lost child, possibly? Then he is told that there is another problem with the host. We see in town that the corpse rapist Walter is killing several fellow hosts, drinking milk and telling someone named Arnold he isn't going to die this time. And seeing he has several bullet holes in his body, (laughs) apparently he means it, while two guests shrink away, but the man that he goes to taunt even further is simon whom he has been pouring several bottles of milk into his open mouth saying you're a growing boy the scene pauses i thought that was pretty awesome as Stubbs and crew secure the guests and elsie and bernard examine the host who do have a betrayal storyline between the two on the Ciara arc, but apparently this time Walter said, Teresa is once again not impressed that host can recall grudges at this point. But Bernard says, well, at least we now know that this is linked to the update and we can just roll the host back. She points out, I will not be signing off on this until each host is pulled and cleared. And then the faulty ones will be decommissioned via lobotomy. She also points out that hosts are capable of minor improvision. However, for the most part, they're supposed to stay on their narrative loop unless a guest directs them otherwise. And to not disrupt the rest of the narratives, the saloon heist will be moved up so that it will be more of a bloodbath. Bernie has to tell Ford that it was the update that was the issue as Ford watches his creations be constructed in a liquid substance, not ambiotic, however i thought there was some type of symbolism there if i dig deep enough and i love the line from him because he says what it was a mistake he's like yeah i guess so and he's like you're a product of a trillion mistakes uh they sanctioned life on this planet very apropos and then bernard replies well self-delusion is also a gift of natural selection ain't it the truth we get a little world building and we find out that man has cured all diseases can keep the weakest of us alive so i'm thinking that meant prolonged life side note i remember mimi was asking about this 
you know, as we get older, we're like pretty much living longer than the previous generation before and the generation before that. That's why in the expanse, humanity's lifespan, because the more you can hear things, the more people can outlive. That kind of ties to that and why the belters, like they don't even get people that could be old in their civilization because of the fact that no one lives long enough in their culture just made me think of that ford remarks that humanity itself has stalled and is rather uh stale in its innovation and twice now we have seen him in the company of his creatures looking rather depressive or with a rather depressive viewpoint of humanity but admittedly not infallible as he tells bernard please indulge me this one mistake the man in black monologues to kissy that he is livestock where he is drained of his blood into buckets and barrels isolated him on this mountain to brag that he is the ultimate gamer and he is nothing but scenery and that he wants to play this game while everyone else wants to fucking do other stupid shit and he plans to get some answers from kissy and he mentions a lot of wisdom in ancient cultures and we find out he's been targeted because he's a native american whatever it is this guy is clearly trying to find the hidden what do you i i don't play a lot of video games so i don't know what you would call it (laughs) the the thing that you always try to go after um in a game the hidden shit dolores greets daddy who hasn't stopped looking at the photo all night he has the answer to a question one is not supposed to ask he tells her hell is empty and all the devils are here and that you need to get the fuck out He begins to malfunction, so she runs to town to get a doctor where she runs into Teddy and they are reunited. However, it is too late to get back to Daddy because Hector Estegaton has rolled into town to begin his murder spree accompanied by Painted Black. Lee is beside himself in control watching and cannot wait for everyone to hear his new speech and then when hector eschaton is revealed in all of his sexy glory damn nigga what you doing out here with all this ass double cheeked up on a thursday afternoon hella ass the sun is still out my nigga i really enjoyed this sequence of absolute just (laughs) this is the part about shooting games that would be kind of fun the blonde armistice shooting that guy's entire skull off even his brain like she's like you will be decimated there'll be no part of your face to identify the hector and may foreplay or wordplay was sugar spice and everything right she wonders why all the salons why rob us he gets a drink and says you're indulging in your vices i've come to indulge in mine she's then moved across the room where his boys upstairs are getting the safe she tells him you're a low down son of a bitch he's like i know as he places his hand around her waist and removes her from danger saying but we have one thing in common no matter how dirty the business 
we do it well. He then whistles for his horse to take the safe and leaves. He is the ultimate bad boy that you want. But when if when one of his henchmen tried to get handsy with one of her girls, she shoots his face off along with his friend for the disrespect. Not today, Satan. Not today. Hector begins his speech, but is shot by the unimpressed couple from earlier who revel in their kill of not only him, but Armistice, who has to suffer while they cackle and say, look at her wriggle. And then to put the cherry on top of the very morbid Sunday, they take a photo with their corpses. Teddy went out like a sus and Elsie put Dolores out of her hysteric misery like girl shush. Bernie updates Teresa that all the hosts have pretty much checked out except for one, one Peter Abernathy. It all comes full circle from the beginning of the episode and we see it's revealed that Stubbs is the one questioning her about the events that have occurred. All very smart dialogue, smart writing. Mrs. Cullen wants Peter put down immediately, but Ford tells her, shouldn't we find out rather tersely why he acted the way he did? And Ford and Bernie question him while she waits outside. Great performance by Lewis Hertham, who goes from proud Trump father to menacing Oracle as he promises that he shall have revenges upon both ford and bernie what he knows not but they will be the terrors of the earth jesus christ but some additional really great lines you're in a prison of your own sins and he starts by my most dirty and mechanical hand just some really great lines of dialogue Ford determines the reveries allowed Peter Abernathy to access a previous storyline or a previous narrative in which he was a professor of Shakespeare. Our old work coming back to haunt us and he says not to worry about a thing. When Dolores is being questioned, Stubbs asks what did dad whisper to you and she reveals these violent delights have violent ends. Stubbs reveals that Dolores is the oldest host in the park. Walter and Peter Abernathy are lobotomized and decommissioned to cold storage. Bernard whispers something in Peter's ear, but we don't know what that is. Dolores has a new dad and doesn't notice the difference. The man in black sees a maze on Kissy's scalp. And then Dolores kills a thing. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Are you ready for this? Oh shit! Oh shit! So my impression on Rewatch, I really love how they paced out everything. They gave you so much of the world building, even prior to the second episode, that goes a little bit more into the world building. And I do think that you do catch a lot of what's going on and i'm curious to know if the listener feedback will portray that as well but it is something that you'd have to be very intently watching to pick up on 
and I very much found myself still taking notes even as I anticipated some events and I like the fact that I'm learning new things on the rewatch that's going to be most uh, uh the most rewarding part of this experience and the fact that I get to listen to these two talk about my favorite show and probably make a lot of commentary that will have me in stitches so without further ado let's jump into the feedback hey christina it's me shy i am here to get into this um westworld series that you talk at nauseam about um watched episode one today and I must say that apparently watching the Merlin series and losing my brain cells I really needed them for this for this episode (laughs) um yes because of course I mean I have a slight idea of what it's about thanks to the things that you said even though I don't really remember most of what you said other than you just gushing over the show um so um I know that's a futuristic um show and apparently it's like a I don't like a virtual reality type situation where people you have people that live vicariously or through this world this west world so to speak they pay money I'm guessing to live out their fantasies in this make-believe world um that's the gist of what I'm thinking is going on um so I guess there's um rich people or whatever people who pay money to put themselves in this fantasy world where they live out certain storylines and um they're not able to die so the people that are in there are not able to die but the hosts which are the fake people they can quote unquote die um of course they just get reborn they just redo the story so they're not technically dying they just that story ends when they die um that's the gist of what I'm thinking is going on (laughs) um so we have and I'm guessing like the the Dolores character is the main character since they showed her pretty much this whole episode her continuing to wake up and like repeat the same slightly not the same I should say but I mean she wakes up the same but the story changes so it went from yeah changes almost like a timeline thing like you change one thing in it and then it changes the whole trajectory of what happens next so yeah I thought it was interesting um so yeah I'm very intrigued by what I've seen um still trying to I mean it's only episode one so obviously I'm not gonna know everything and figure everything out know who the main players are and you know what they all mean and all that good stuff so um yeah it's because I don't even remember a lot of the I mean I remember some of the characters names um but some of them I don't 
so we got um what's his name ed helms that's his name right the um the actor i'm trying to figure out what his role is i mean he seems to be looking for something or trying to find something so obviously he's a host i mean he's no he's not a host because he can't die so he's one of the players in the game is that because they were saying a game i don't know i want i mean is it a game I, I mean there's i think one of them said it was a game but is it really a game game like i don't know um so not sure what he's trying to do but obviously he's searching for something but i'm not understanding what he's searching for because isn't he one of the people that paid to be there so i mean maybe that's part of his storyline i mean there's that so that i'm thinking that's part of his storyline so here i see as you can see i'm rambling and trying to figure this out and trying to you know add it all together to have two and two equal four but i know i'm probably off i definitely don't have any prediction on anything other than um that ending because in the beginning you know the fly and i and that apparently that's significant the fly was you know is on them the people that are the hosts and they don't feel it because they're not real and so at the end we saw Dolores slap the fly so i'm assuming that she's becoming real and they said that she's the oldest of the hosts um so she's the oldest one um so I can imagine that glitch that they were talking about um, really affecting her in a different way, I'm thinking. Um, and I'm also thinking that she lied to that dude when she said what that one father said, said whatever that one father said to her, that that wasn't exactly what he said. Um, but yeah, her slapping the fly means that she's evolving in a way that... Um, was not intended and of course obviously it's gonna bite them in a butt in some way but my but my other question is don't they see like what's going on so wouldn't they have seen her slap the fly i don't know yeah that's the part that obviously i will find out as i continue to watch but yeah i thought that they can see like i mean because we saw them looking at this like that um that one scene when they uh rob where they were robbing the saloon um so they were watching that so i'm thinking that they see everything that's going on so i would think that they would have seen her glitch or the or they would know that there's a glitch with her or maybe she's evolved in such a way that she's hiding it she's able to hide it because they didn't know yeah because i'm thinking yeah i'm thinking she's evolving in that they're not going that she's able to stay one step ahead of them that's just my guess on that i guess i don't know then we see moav is that how you say her name um we see moav and um i mean i didn't really get too much feel for her character other than she's a prostitute working at the salon and i guess we'll learn more about her um going forward i mean i know she's a main character um but they just gave us little bits and pieces of her then we have teddy the one that's um cyclops from (laughs) x-men um yeah he kept they kept showing him arriving so and dying so (laughs) i'm like is that his 
forever fate is to he's supposed to be Dolores' love interest but keeps dying. I don't know. Um so that seems to be all that he seems to do. Um and then we got the people in the outside world. Um what's their names? We got Anthony Hopkins character. I guess he's like the owner of this of this whole thing, this enterprise. And the uh, black guy that's a programmer. Um, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, the names are just going to have to come to me <laughs> as we, um, I'm sounding like Mimi now because I don't remember the name, but the programmer guy. So they figure out there's a glitch um, in the upgrade that they did. And so now they're, it's messing with the host. Um so I wonder where are the people at? Like where are the people, like the guest people that are like visiting the world? Like where are they in another room hooked up to something? Um yeah, so that's I don't you know, I didn't um if they said that part I didn't get it. Um so very interested in that. Then we got that one guy that was trying to undermine um the programmer guy, the black guy. So I don't remember his name either. So so that should be um wonder and the female of course who seems to be like the second in command yeah i mean i mean obviously i i mean i'm taking it all in this first episode so um it'll all make more sense as we go along um in this but i did enjoy i really enjoyed it um i'm excited to see what is going to happen <clears throat> I wasn't, you know, I don't know why I did, I mean, I mean, I heard about what, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I heard you talking about it and I heard about the show, like, you know, does the show exist, but I just never, I mean, first of all, I didn't have HBO, I mean, that's number one, <laughs> so that's number one reason why I didn't watch it, um, so, yeah, so it's always was on the outskirts of my mind, and I guess I just wasn't paying too much attention to it since I didn't have HBO so it didn't make sense to really like you know get into or you know figure out what the show was about if you don't think you're ever gonna watch it um but here I am um so yeah I'm very excited to get into this one with you so you can live vicariously through me but I have a feeling that you're gonna be you know being extra on your podcast about this show and we'll be living vicariously through you as in some ways as well so um this is your baby so <clears throat> i will definitely uh look forward to hearing your thoughts um on these episodes and yeah and i think that's all i have um because again i was just taking it all in i really you know trying to figure it out and not trying to um yeah I'm just trying to figure it out um so I don't really have too much to say other than yeah still trying to put it all together um so on that note until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch Shy. that's my girl queen shy with her thoughts on the episode you're probably absolutely right i'll be gushing like a crazy person <laughs> eventually i'm i've been pretty tame this episode because it is just the first one 
not uh too many things to gnaw on so to speak without giving anything away and uh yeah you had a few questions and it was a good question um and i considered answering it is this a virtual world um if they hadn't said it in the episode i would have let you figure this out i know mimi probably has gotten to the third episode she says so she would already know the answer to this particular question but going through the dialogue of this episode i think they did give enough leadway for me to answer and say that this is actually an immersive world uh he actually used that very terminology and you saw people getting off trains and things so no they're actually really there uh it's like going to a theme park except it's an actual world it's the wild wild west so that kind of ties into your other question about surveillance in the park they will get more into this but just imagine a big old town of the western how much surveillance is surveillance right um but that is a very curious question and you will get more on that uh you mentioned Maeve that she's a prostitute I rather like to think uh and I still I call her a madam I know that may not be much differentiating uh factor uh however it does mean that she a chooses her partners but mostly is in a managerial position so while she is a hooker with depths <laughs> that line cracked me up from Elsie um she she does have a little bit more authority in the brothel and then you asked is this a game it's kind of like a i'm not sure you know that's a good question is it a game i guess it depends on your perspective of what you go into the park looking for and i bet everyone has a different viewpoint on it you see a lot of people are looking at it as a game but you also see a family who comes and they're having an experience with their child out in nature and it's a more wholesome experience so i would say i feel like i know it's like a role playing game in which the stakes are super super real (laughs) um i think that's as much as i can say without stepping on any lines and then slapping that fly yes um what is this word that i wrote in my notes done out interceded what the hell is that my my chicken scratch is awful i have no idea what that says but um now i I can't finish that thought because i have no idea what i'm trying to read it it says d i think that's a d i know that's supposed to be out and then that's supposed to be enter intended i'm giving up on that and i think that you will be very interested on how the show unfolds it definitely is a roller coaster ride and i hope you got your seatbelt on so last but not least here's queen mimi what up christina it's mimi sending in feedback for westworld season one episode one so we're finally watching your favorite show 
So now me and Shy will actually understand when you make these references because you insist on doing it all of the time. Um, now we can join in when you make a comment. So that'll be pretty exciting. Um, I have seen episode one before. Um, it was it says it came out in 2016. I'm pretty sure it was like 2017 that I watched it. Um, I never make it past this first episode. And honestly, it's because it's I have no idea what Westworld is about. I take it it's about some artificial intelligence that's, you know, I mean, I'm assuming if they're remembering their past programming that somehow they're gaining consciousness. I'm pretty sure I watched all of episode two as well, but um, I know that, you know, it does pick up and we're just world building right now. So I always expect the first couple of episodes to not be very exciting. Um, so I think I just have to get past these first few episodes so that I can get an understanding of what's actually happening. Um, I don't know if they name people, but I mean, I can, I know um, the black lady in the brothel. Um, I know you talk about her all the time, so I'm anticipating her to be one of my favorite characters. I can't remember anybody's name and I, and you know, it's going to take me at least three, four episodes to get it. Um, I will say the dude with wearing the black hat and the black um, pants and stuff. I know he was an actor that was in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Abyss. Like, I love that movie. Um, so I know him. He's supposed to be a villain is what it it's coming to look like. But he doesn't seem to act like all of the other people. Like, so I, I just get the feeling that he's not one of those robots or a robot isn't the right word. I don't know what you want to call him. He's like, I feel like he's a real person and it seems like he's looking for something. I can't say what he's looking for. I can't even say if I'm right about that. I just, I feel like he is searching for something. He said he'd been coming here for 30 years. Um, it seems like he's remembering things and if he was one of those villains that were programmed to be a villain he wouldn't remember um I know the last scene was that was the one of the one girl because they had just asked her if you will ever hurt anything living and she killed that fly before at the beginning of the episode we saw her letting the fly crawl all up in her eyeball so the fact that she hit it on her neck and killed it, that got to mean something. Um, what else? Um, I don't know. This whole thing is very crazy to me, this concept, because I feel like people, it sounds like this is an amusement park and it's very, very expensive. So the fact that there's people paying money to, to get these realistic humanoid creatures that every update makes them act more act more human um and they're and they're going there to like rape them or murder them or you know go join a gang or what it just seems oh, I don't know 
it's just it seems like it's playing with fire because humanity is fragile enough and I feel like you give someone the taste of murder I I can't say that like I feel like the reason that people don't just go around killing each other is because we know it's wrong and it's supposed to be immortal and inhumane and something that you shouldn't do um, and most people go through their lives not killing people but like even thinking about like soldiers that are in the military and then they go you know overseas and they're in the middle of a war and they kill people they come back and they're not quite the same because that's not a normal thing we're not supposed to normalize murder but if you have these rich folks going over there doing all of these things that they clearly subconsciously wanted to do I feel like it has to break something inside of them to where like will they know that in real life when they get out of this amusement park they can't do that or will they go on and do certain things because it sounds like it's like I don't know I just I this whole concept of you know being able to do whatever you want in this amusement park I I don't like it I really I really don't and I don't like the I can't think of the word. I just don't like what it represents and the potential of the dangers it could cause. And it's clear that it's very expensive and, and most people aren't going to be able to do it. So it's already these people that have privilege because they ha they're wealthy. Um, so it's adding another layer in their wealth that normal people don't get. And I remember back when um, Grand Theft Auto came out, um, it was I know I was in high school so I'm assuming it was like late 1990s or early very very early 2000s so maybe like maybe 99 or maybe 2000 I know I was in high school and I, I graduated in 2001 so it had to have been before that but I remember seeing this news um, report about these kids that have been playing Grand Theft Auto for hours upon hours and days upon days, weeks into months. And then they decided to get in a car and run someone over. And then the family was blaming it on the video game instead of the fact that your kid is, a, is clearly, they clearly have issues that were, were that stemmed way beyond before they played this daggone video game but that was the defense and I don't remember like back then I didn't really pay attention to things like that I just remember seeing it on the news and like that's weird how can you blame a video game for you killing somebody or running someone over I don't remember if the person died but they were like oh you know they had been playing the game so long that they couldn't tell reality from fiction or some stupid crap like that and I'm sure if I went back and googled it I could see that these people were probably rich and that was their lawyer's defense you know because now that I know how lawyering works you just need to make one person in the jury believe that this was an accident and you can get a hung jury and then you you know you'll get off so that's probably what they were doing so it makes me think of that like it's just another reason oh I've been to this amusement park so many times that I forgot I was in real life and you know I'm seeing this scenario play out and I'm thinking it's fake and then I kill the person whoopsies you know like ugh, 
I, that that in itself, that idea of this show makes me want to watch it. And I don't know if it's, you know, from watching Raised by Wolves or, you know, or watching uh, 13 Reasons. But I don't know why I'm thinking like this, but I I just I feel like that's going to be an interesting concept. Um, also, you know, if if you know these people, these cre- I'm just going to call them in artificial intelligence because I don't think robots the right word. I don't know. They don't look like androids. I don't know what we call them. But let's just say that we call them artificial intelligence. You know, is it okay to kill them if they have a consciousness? You know, is it okay to make them go through this or, you know, sexually assault them or murder them if they're going to remember it and they if they're going to have trauma like that's an interesting concept too so I guess this is all I really was thinking about I don't I can't follow the plot lines because I don't I can't quite understand what's happening right now I've said this a lot of times and I mean it I watch shows just to watch them to be entertained so I don't think about things on a you know existential level like you do Christina so I can't give you any more feedback right now because like those are the only things I'm thinking about as I'm watching this show um I can't see you know the plot forming out because I don't know like I guess I can't follow it yet so like this is all I was thinking about during the episode so that's what my feedback's on so um I actually am very interested to see hear you break this down because I think it might help me understand better oh you probably heard my son coughing because for whatever reason he feels like he can't sleep in his own room um wish I had my own bed my own room when I was his age but I had to share with two other people so it annoys me that now even though I'm grown and I pay all the bills well he pays none of the bills around here but I still can have a room to myself or bed to myself (sighs) but I digress anyway um one more thing he knows I can't pick him up now and carry him back in his room because he's almost as tall as me and he's heavy as hell he weighs like 60 pounds so if I try I'm gonna be dragging him and banging his head all up on the wall so he knows that so he brings his little raggedy ass in here and he goes to sleep because then I'm just stuck or I gotta go in the living room or go in his room and who wants to do that <sighs> anyway uh can't wait to hear you recap this because I I think maybe it'll help me understand this show a little bit better so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch Mimi out and that was Mimi with her thoughts on the episode I thought that was some really good feedback I think that you are touching on a lot of great things a great deal of questions that the show brings up um before I get into some of your your commentary I want to tell you that my daughter tries to do that shit to me all the time. And I am absolute. I am a fucking stone maiden. (laughs) I do not play that shit. You are not. Very rarely. Very rarely. Does she actually get to say. And she's the same thing. Like oh you know. I'll have to pull her up. I don't give a shit. Like you bump into shit. That's on you. That is on you. I pull her ass up out of that bed. And I make her half sleepwalk to her damn room and get in the damn bed i'm not doing it i'm not doing it (laughs) that has been a a one thing that i refuse to allow is someone in my damn bed and that includes my daughter 
shit i did barely slept with her freaking daddy uh <laughs> we slept in separate places he slept down the basement i slept in the room by myself and i don't even know how i'm gonna sleep with a male ever again to be quite honest i i get hot i don't like skin touching me this is gonna be problematic but i did chuckle because she was like he know what he's doing i'm like my daughter she 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 don't even really put much effort into trying <laughs> every once in a while she'd be like let me let me just let me let me shoot my shot most time it gets blocked <laughs> jump up like lebron james oh you thought bitch you thought anyhow moving on i love the abyss too that was my movie yes ed harris was in there he was also in the rock i liked ed harris in the abyss though a lot then you were saying he must be human well according to the show they did state that if you are human you can't be harmed but if you are a host and that is the terminology you can call them instead of robot you're correct uh they would they're considered hosts they they're the ones that can be mortally wounded but so by that definition yes he is a human rich assholes are definitely it does seem like this place is pricey according to the person that stepped off the train saying we must have paid enough for this i think you really brought up a good question about the behavior of this park and what it kind of represents at its center well one you're correct you've got a very small percentage of of the populace coming here and they're doing things that in their minds are an escape there was a great deal of debate i remember when this show came out like oh what are you doing it's just like playing a game it's playing a game but when you play again like i'm personally i'm not into shooter games i never have been i've gotten into super mario 3 <laughs> and i'm not thoroughly hating on shooter games because just like you're saying like how does the video game influence my question is how do you allow a video game or allow someone to play something so long that it influences their mental mindscape to the point where they would go out and commit a crime and not have anything absolutely nothing leading to that twist in behavior yeah that's where you miss me on the grand theft auto made me do it because you'd have to literally put the case forth that you did not have any type of predilections before you started playing said game and that that game in itself provided you the outlet to do that and thus i decided i should do it in real life because i've blurred the line between reality again you have to be thoroughly immersed in something and there were people and gamers out there that would get carpal tunnel and it would fucking die in their living rooms because they were that attached to gaming i remember that whole thing at one point being a problem but you know if you're an adult what can you do you're an adult but if you're a child yes as a parent you're, you're supposed to have rules and my biggest one would be why are you paying this violent game every single fucking day because guess what you pay the bills they don't they don't have to do what you don't let them do 
Uh, never ever just uh, parents rich white ones always surprise me every time every time and I shouldn't be surprised but you do pose really great questions because the people who would go to this park are on the outside in the world pretty much hitting the pinnacle of whatever desire they would want or fantasize about they could enact it or get the proper amount of money to get as close to that as possible but never actually crossing that line and then here they get to actually cross that line and there's no there's no consequence and one could say or make an argument that that is not necessarily a bad thing it's like ventilation the question comes of the regards to the host what are they what are they made of i mean they don't look like robots they don't look like something that doesn't have emotion and i think that's where the line gets crossed between oh these are things i'm shooting in a game and oh so fun to having someone gasp out their last breath and they're crying and they're in pain and it's real and you sitting there casually brushing that aside what does that say about the psyche in which you can allow that behavior i would like to believe that just because i'm in a world in which i can shoot or fuck anything i want that that is not my only inclination or worse that if i did do something like shoot or fuck that it would be in a sense or in the context of this is a game and these are the bad guys and i'm shooting at them that's not where you hear a lot of these people saying i mean i guess the hector excaton thing could be considered right um and and that would be the argument for that these were the bad guys those people taking delight and having her wriggle is pretty much sugar-coated in that but taking delight in anyone's actual pain it's it's a very tenuous line i don't think humanity needs to fuck with (laughs) on it doesn't i mean the debate about it is is kind of non non gratis gratis what's the word i'm looking for because it's just you don't need to go that immersive in an experience particularly one around violence and erotic um stimulation especially if you're a testosterone prone and you're a caucasian male in america it's not a healthy combination in any way that you try to spin it and if you have a whole bunch of money at your disposal well then the the ability to become addicted to said world and you hear several of the guests actually two in this episode that mentioned that this is not their first time so it also this type of desire this type of violence what it attracts can also can also cause a certain addiction in which to return to indulge in those types of activities and then what as you were asking what does that do to the human psyche once you are back into the human world do you become more prone or do you simply continue to spend your money to come back to this park i think these are really great questions that you pose and about the type of people who would come here and 
and immerse themselves and enjoy that type of behavior i don't think i would be interested in going into demented world that sounds like not fun (laughs) that's that's your idea of fun is raping someone i have to question your idea of fun doesn't matter if it's fantasy raping is still raping and it doesn't like if you told me and that's where i always say if you can't bring it up in casual conversation at a table with your parents then most likely it's wrong (laughs) or it has moralistic consequences that you don't want your best friends to know about i will say this show delves into those questions delves into all of the the things that you're you're putting forth in your feedback as things that as an audience member you're meant to explore you're meant to think about in particular what are these hosts how are they made how are they built how are they uh feeling thinking can they think do they have the possibility of being something contrived as real what is real these are all very philosophical questions that this show does a marvelous job of walking you through and allowing you to come up with your own conclusions so we'll end it right here if you want to join in the conversation you can send feedback to blackocouch at gmail.com you can send it a written format or audio 10 minutes or less you can find this podcast on podbean stitcher itunes spotify and wherever else good podcasts can be found my social media will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes rate the podcast leave a review until next time peace hair grease and black girl magic